Hello everyone and welcome to the Safe Room Podcast, a podcast where God is dead and the girls are gay. My name is Rose and I'm here with Grace. Hi. <laughs> you can't just spring that on me. It's <laughs> um hello, yes, I'm Grace. Uh, uh we played Signalis this month. We played Signalis. Um, yeah, which was pretty cool. I was actually like, uh, you know, I, I didn't have anything against it. It's pretty, yeah, pretty classic. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool, you know? Uh, fuck, I kind of watched that whole video again. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the rusted floors in here like, it's cool to see that. <laughs> it's cool to see cool. that. <laughs> cool to see that german text flashes on the screen and i'm like <laughs> it's pretty cool it's pretty cool um yeah i didn't i wasn't necessarily going in being like oh i'm gonna have a negative or, or positive opinion um yeah you know but i was a little like oh, i don't know people talk a lot about this video game and but yeah it's pretty cool i enjoyed it um, i i think i was more positive on it in the beginning and then kind mm. kind that's of kinda... felt yeah. tired of it by the end um, i think that's fair i do think the str- for me when the game really clicked was kind of the third area yeah um sure i think that is like super cool design and the game does kind of like reset after the first credits <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> um, yeah in a way that does like um that i mean i think it's still cool like it's still well done and it does some interesting things but but yeah. yeah um because yeah i mean part of it is that this is a game that does all the things i mean we talked a lot up in our silent hill 3 episode about like why don't games do this and signalis is a game that does that <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it is just like yeah, we know we understand basically what is good about Silent Hill, and along with other things. Like don't, to be clear, this is not an entirely unoriginal project, but we are going to replicate those things to the best of our ability. I think largely it's pretty successful at doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. So, do you, I mean, do you have any opening thoughts or? Should we- summarize this dream game uh, uh no no other than, like i enjoyed it for what it was i thought um i thought i had some frustrating setbacks that we will talk about but mm-hmm. overall i enjoyed my time with it um i like the uh i definitely like i said i felt tired of it by the end but i did the ending kind of brought me around a little bit yeah um Oh, yeah, we'll talk that... about like I'm curious what ending you got. Um, yeah, as well um, stuff. But yeah, overall enjoyed it. Um, kind of a game that makes me want to replay it just to dig in there and look yeah. at all the details and and see what I missed the first time. Yeah, around, I think so. you could definitely like construct things in a way that the game like yeah. somewhat evades, but also you know it's easy to theory craft. Hmm. Um with it yeah uh yeah. what happens in this game that's definitely real <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, <laughs> everything definitely happens in in normal way and represents a, a sort of objective reality that you can parse and uh make good on you know um so yeah this is a game you play as um elster Mm-hmm. who is a replica which is kind of like uh well i guess to set it up this is like far future you're in some kind of um ambiguously totalitarian coded future um where there are human beings which are gestalts which is german for form uh by the way and oh i mean well it's a little more complicated than that but that's that is one of the possible (laughs) translations um and then there are replicas which are sort of like biological robots 
um, that are in some way like mass produced, right? Um, and so you are going to this facility on an unknown planet where there's like a like kind of it's, I don't know it's a school. There's also a mine in kind of the Silent Hilly way. It's just all these like places of discipline, right? In the Foucauldian sense, where it's like places where people are molded into specific kind of people, and that's also like really literalized in this kind of you know all these workers are like robotic in some way and like mass produced right um and you are searching for your gestalt partner because usually or often you know on like a spaceship or certain situations you will be like assigned a human being and that's um ariani i assume is how you pronounce that Mm -hmm. um and basically you know you go and things are messed up there's a bunch of replica units that have become, I mean, zombies or possessed by something. There's flesh growing out of the walls. And you go deeper and deeper and kind of discover that this is maybe, you know, hell or a dream or, you know, however I want to interpret it. And that you've, like, taken this journey many, repeated times over and over again, right? Continually trying to find this person and struggling to do so. Um and that's basically what the game is. Like, there's a lot of... There is kind of, like, itty-bitty plot stuff. There's other characters. There's some construction of, like, what was this facility? And, like, what happened? And how did it fall apart? You know, in kind of the survival horror way. Um, but in terms of, like, plot events, there's not that much that occurs. Um, yeah, it's very... my My thing coming at this game... I with all the fan art, I originally thought it was going to be more character focused. It's not. It's yeah, not well, I do game. think there is a little bit of um, because some of the endings are determined by like how much you talk to NPCs, and mm-hmm. I thought I was like, well, I exhausted like all the dialogue with them, but it's like either you have to go back and like check in on them a lot, or you know, because I did not get the <laughs> I was I... not talk with the NPCs that much apparently. Um, well, what what I thought was it was dependent on playstyle, like like one ending was like a reserved playstyle, yes. and then the other was that, like aggressive. That's correct. That's just uh-huh. one of the factors is discussion okay. with NPCs. Yeah, that's like one of the yeah. numbers that ticks up or whatever. Which is yeah. a very Silent Hill two thing to do is to yes map out endings by playstyle, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat. I think um, I think it's also it's a little bit less Silent Hill two in the way that. Silent Hill 2 kind of assigns, like, you seeing specific things or, like, even experiencing specific story beats in a certain sense, like, as connected to the ending that you will get. Whereas this is almost pure, like, how you play and how you interact and interface with the game. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that makes, like, what ending you get feel really intuitive in a really interesting way. And it also makes it feel less like I'm supposed to go back and replay it. It's a little Mm. bit more, like how how you play the game shapes you know what how you what the ending the game presents to you and how it you interact with it i think that's a really interesting thing that's it's cool yeah um and yeah it's not again it's not these are like nitpicky kind of distinctions from silent hill too it's the same kind of system but i think it's uh interesting to think about that um but yeah i definitely thought it was going to be more character focused and instead it's very much like very uh kind of like a grand tragedy sort of mm-hmm. deal where it's like you don't get suit that many specifics about the characters but you get kind of the archetype of this like couple that has been kind of driven apart by circumstance um and just the environment around them um and it's kind of just about chasing that uh intimacy again or or finding a path forward from from there and it's all sad <laughs> yes. it's all 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 thing all endings all all ways forward are sad yeah. um and so it's more kind of i felt like more of a tone piece than anything else for me um at yeah. some point i just kind of let the lore wash over me um yeah my first playthrough um well i think that's definitely like kind of the intended way to play like you certainly can dark souls it you know oh my recommendations are ruined by signalis lore videos now yes, yeah yeah 
<laughs> right like that is yes that is like absolutely a factor and i think something the game like actively encourages but it's also like and i think that's actually part of what makes it work particularly since like this is a story that is so much about like video gamey thematic concerns like recurrence right yeah. and like identity in the kind of like like who are you were you made like in this kind of bioshocky way sure um, and i and i i say that that sounds really derisive but i think the thing that makes it work like so much better than other games that kind of have those same considerations is that the heart of the thing is so personal and it's just about this like it's like two people who really loved each other who can't mm. see each other right and that's yeah. like the whole that is like the whole emotional engine of all that stuff and it feels like it the kind of stuff about recurrence the stuff about like your body changing or being interchangeable with other people um like that fuels like a lot of considerations about like aging and about relationships and it feels like even though yeah i agree there's so much of it that's like a tone piece it's also very like um it's very intimate right in a certain sense and i think that that gives it kind of like a weight and sort of an emotionality to it that mm -hmm. um you know like dead space doesn't fucking have like i like Dead Space right. fine but like come on you know uh -huh. <laughs> right um yeah i think it and i also think it gives you just enough like one of the first things you do in this game is pick up the king in yellow which is that an actual book <laughs> yes that yeah. you can read <laughs> yes yeah uh what and is, the I game mean, i think it's oh go ahead keep going sorry I just, I just, in terms of like it being a puzzle box kind of thing, it doesn't feel like it's hitting me over the head with it. It feels like it is like encouraging me to go read other things, right? Yeah. And not just like hyper focused on this one story that it's pulling. It's more, it's, it's like showing your references after you've, <laughs> you've written a thing, right? Um, and I appreciate that aspect of it. Not much, not so much like picking apart things, though. Like as a Twin Peaks fan, I I am guilty of doing, but yeah, just the fact that like the game is also like, hey, go go, you can go read this book if you want to see other stuff right. like this. I think in yeah, it's such a low bar in some ways, but every time a game feels really engaged with stuff that's not games it's so refreshing because mm -hmm. it happens so infrequently and especially since yeah. like obviously like there's a lot of lovecraft there's you know as is a you know there's some event horizon and alien here it's not like there's a lot of like normal video game influences right that are like around but like there's... i've heard of the king of yellow before this there's like a bunch yeah. of symbolist art there's you know there's all this classical so, music that is really interesting swan lake yeah mm -hmm. yeah um like it, it it is engaging with those influences in a way and i think that also includes the gaming stuff like i was surprised how novel this felt even though I, we have just played like eight games that are like this and we're mm -hmm. gonna keep doing it but i think signalis has like a spot in that firmament that feels earned it doesn't feel like it's just like oh, okay well yeah here's one of these you know yeah um makes me less likely to roll my eyes when they rip off shots from Evangelion, you know? Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, it feels, it feels like a little bit more, you know, it feels like all these echoes are, like, really conscious. Yes. And especially since the game is about, like, um, you know, replication, quite literally. Like, people yeah. who are copies of copies who have, like, conflicting multiple memories. Like, there's that great mm. journal you find from Aldler who's yeah. kind of the antagonist sort of you know yeah. the like only male character in the game <laughs> <laughs> um who you know and he has that journal where he's written multiple things all but all for the same date it's and then like so notices good. it and yes. it's like what is half like that you know that stuff is really really cool um yeah and i think you know is um yeah i mean i just think it's it's it, it just doesn't like the there's a very conscious sort of engagement with its influences and wears its stuff on its sleeve. And I've definitely seen people, and I don't think it's, like, wrong necessarily to be kind of turned off by that. I do kind mm -hmm. of wish, like, I was like, ah, oh, maybe you could have gone for something other than the red TV thing. Or, like, you could have, you know, 
Brr, maybe you could not do the exact same content warning or whatever, you know. <laughs> but like those that ultimately in the face of what the game is doing feels kind of nitpicky. It doesn't really feel like it's like, oh, like it's so beholden to Silent Hill, it can't get out from under the shadow. It's like, no, that's not true. I just I yeah, I think well so much of this game it feels like it it pulls from things, it assumes that its audience has a certain amount of familiarity with what it's pulling from and yeah. doesn't try to it doesn't have like they know you've seen Silent Hill, they know you've watched anime, they know like mm-hmm. they are not trying to do anything more than that. They are trying to use those references or those touch points as a way to tell its own story. Yeah. Um and I thought they straddled that line pretty well. Yeah, I also think that's not, this is kind of getting into a little bit of a different tack. Um, but I thought it was really cool and refreshing. Um, and I'm not like the most qualified person to speak on this, but like there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of untranslated Chinese in this game and a lot of untranslated mm-hmm. German. Um, and that that's not just like hashtag cyberpunk aesthetics. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know that that like that stuff is communicating things about the world, right? And yeah. there's a lot of you know, it's not like Firefly where it's like, oh yeah, there's this vague idea that there's Chinese people out there somewhere, and they're mm-hmm. all kind of bad, maybe, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? it's like, oh yeah, there's just like people speak Chinese, have you know, this stuff, and that's just like part of the fabric of this universe, right? It does mm-hmm. not feel like cheap, and I I, I think like every reference or sort of like touchdown that it makes feels like it's being deployed in a similar way where it's, it does not feel they're being like, Oh, well there's those Japanese characters in Blade Runner. What if we did that? You mm-hmm. know, cause that's cool or whatever. Yeah. It's just not, you know, it's more considered than that. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and I guess also kind of connected to that. There's something interesting about, cause this is not really a fixed camera angle game. Um, right. It's top down. It's kind of Metal Gear Solidy, actually, mm-hmm. in terms of like your. There's also like light stealth stuff where it's like you can walk through a room and evade enemies if you're you know walk carefully and stuff like that. Um, uh, I think that's neat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that kind of the way it. Because this is the kind of choice that I would be like, no, you have to have fixed camera angles. Like, that's so important. <laughs> like, why aren't you doing this thing, you know? Da-da-da. But I think it's like because there's sort of this sterility to it that there's a bit of distance because mm-hmm. you're seeing it from above. And, like, so much of the game is about interfacing with the map and, like, trying to figure out, okay, well, I need to get this item, which is back in the inventory, which is over here and going through it means going through like xyz room which has these enemies in it and i have this ammo with me this starts just like calculating kind of there's something very strategic about it and it gives it such an interesting character i think that's that's really distinct from kind of the like there's something gut punchy and like emotional about silent hill that this kind of takes a step back from Uh in a way that i think is really expressive it's very nice Mm. I was very struck by how much this game does not want you to look at a walkthrough. Because everything yeah. is like very plainly spelled out in the map. and marks everything mm-hmm. for you. The yeah. item descriptions will be like, hey, this looks like it could be used here. Um, yeah, right. In a way that I appreciated it. Uh, appreciated yeah. That. I definitely got, there were a couple puzzles or like a couple moments where it's like, I feel like I've opened every door and I don't, you know, and it was like, oh, I forgot about this note in this thing mm-hmm. that tells me the key code for this door or whatever, you know. So yeah. I did look up a walkthrough a couple times. Um, the thing is, also, I think the puzzles are really interesting because they're not um, – some of them are really intuitive, but some of them are, like, genuinely kind of fussy in a way that I thought was, like, cool. And I did feel smart completing them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which was nice. I don't always feel smart playing these games. Uh, I just feel like, okay, I got, I did the thing. you know i put the tarot card in the right place and we're good to go um yeah yeah which one stood out to you um i'm trying to remember there was one where you had to like translate there were like numbers yeah associated with the keypad and you had to like go through like a couple layers of translation to figure out which 
things on the keypad to press that yep. corresponded to the right number. I thought that mm. was really clever. <laughs> and like, yeah. it feels like the kind of cipher that like someone working in an office would actually make. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. enough there's a, enough of just like, oh, there's like, you know, there's the sticky note on the computer that says the password, right? There's stuff like that, which is also, of course, true to life, you know? But there's also mm-hmm. like, oh, there's some fucking nerd here. who's got some ideas about company security and you have to like you know but it's not that ornate you know i think that's also gives it a little bit of character Um, Mm -hmm. and then a lot of the puzzles like oh go ahead sorry i really like the anytime you had to use the radio for any puzzle or like enemy enemy stuff that i i really like that stuff especially since it's very thematically um important to the game as well i liked incorporating that and and using it for puzzles and uh certain enemies and stuff yeah it's really cool when you uh when you um there's that one puzzle where you have to like make the you have to like put the radio next to the microphone so it'll give you each code yeah right and just that like the way the game kind of expects you to intuitively understand that like, Oh, microphone means sound and the radio emits sound, right? Like is so like human kinds of logic that video mm-hmm. games don't normally deploy. And that did throw me off. <laughs> where I was like, wait, I don't know what to do. Like, all right. And that was one of the ones I had to look up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like, that's just such a like weird, like human little thing that I thought was really cool. Um, yeah. And I also like the, the escalation of how the radio enemies are used where it's like you have to tune into a specific signal that's changing all the time to identify which enemy you need to kill yeah. to like stop this kind of aoe effect mm-hmm. um, and at first it's just like you walk into a room and there's like four guys and you just like turn the radio to the right channel and you're good to go but then eventually it's like okay well i've got this but there's more guys around and also there's enemies that are not attached to this guy that are attacking me and so like that you know that's simple like ah panic and especially if you walked into a room and you're like oh i was hoping there was a save point up ahead and now i'm fucked because Mm. you know i don't have enough ammo or whatever Um, Mm -hmm. yeah um just really clever Oh, yeah <laughs> i could have done with okay i don't this isn't an actual criticism this is game yeah. club grumping but yes yeah well it's gotta happen you know that last puzzle with the cards mm. where the you have to like get each card to know which the order to put the moons in yes yeah but you but you can't intuitively intuitively solve that puzzle because you need the ring and you only get the ring by getting all the the cards because all the cards decompose the lab and you need to decompose the lab to get the ring to appear yes i uh, just wish you could just intuitively solve the puzzle (laughs) yes yeah yeah i feel Um, you that's um, that's that's my one nitpick about the end of the game, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do kind of like I like the way some of the puzzles have sort of a mystic quality that there's like this weird cause and effect that you place all these tarot cards on a table and that means that something rots somewhere else in the building, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that there's sort of like a weird kind of I mean, again, like a dream logic to it. I think that stuff is cool. Yeah, all those first person segments where you like get an item and then the item is in your inventory yes. now. Yes. I was also, I was like, damn, like, Nanashi no game showing up here. <laughs> they even have the, like, sequence on the train and stuff. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know if they played that, but I was like... Like, that was also the thing, is the d- array of influences feels diverse enough that it's like, it's totally possible that they played the Nameless game and were, like, thinking about that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I went, Did that get an EU release? I think it might have. I don't know, maybe. Oh, uh, maybe it didn't because it there's not like an English look lo- translation. That's yeah. not a fan translation. So, um, anyway. Um. Um. Yeah. But yeah. I I love the presentation of this game. Just uh, going from the top down to first person to like all of the quick cuts and the cutscenes and stuff. Yeah. Very good. No, like it's really lot. cool. Yeah, it's nice to just see a game have a lot of tools and mm-hmm. using them in interesting ways you know that it's kind of not afraid to um play with different modes of interaction 
mm-hmm. you know um I feel like I have another thought there but um what did you think of the actual shooting and gameplay stuff? Um, the shooting is a little fiddly in a way mm-hmm. that I think mostly works. Um, it was sometimes like, sometimes I felt like I lifted my gun and it immediately snapped. And sometimes like, oh, I do kind of have to aim. And I don't know like when I'm supposed to do which thing. Yeah. And that definitely got a little tricky in like the final boss fight um, where the game does ex- actively expect you to like dodge and aim in a way that it doesn't as much earlier. Yeah. Um, but that's like pretty you know that's pretty minor stuff um i like the way the guns sound i like that i mean you can change the yeah setting, but I they like... are so poppy yeah, yeah yes nice. yeah there's sort of a like god yeah it's so jarring every time you shoot especially since like enemies don't have guns mm-hmm. um god it's really cool when i forget her name but when you do that one boss battle and she's like loading the rifle the whole time and pointing it at the enemy yep. you're fighting mm-hmm. that's yeah sick as yeah. hell yeah um, it's so good alina yeah okay who also you know who resembles this woman resembles ariani that uh elster is looking for and you know da, 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 da. let's um, talk about that real quick did you notice yeah. that the picture in your inventory changes after the pro- prologue no, I didn't. I also because I put it in my, I put it in the storage box and it just disappears, which is so fucked up. That's because because at first I was like maybe holding on to the photo because this is a very like Silent Hill thing, right? It's like if I keep the photo in my inventory, I will get like something different at the ending or whatever. And then yeah. I was like, oh well, I have to put it away like at this point because and there's also parts in the game where you literally have to have each slot in your six inventory things filled, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you couldn't do it, you know, but, um, but yeah, so I did not notice that it changes. Um, oh no, wait, I did. I did actually. Sorry. I'm like remembering now. <laughs> I did notice. Um, yeah. But yeah. Cause in the, uh, in the prologue, it's Arion. And then when you exit the prologue, it turns into a picture of Issa. Um, yeah. Who you um, come across later in the game. Which I still don't know. I haven't like dug into that stuff and what that means, but, yeah. <laughs> but I did think it was notable, not something I noticed until I finished the game. That, that right, happened. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just think the like. Um, I mean, I think that stuff is interesting. I think that like blurring of selves. Um, okay, this is also something that kind of turned me off about the game from a distance. Um, and that I don't think the game is actually like this. I, I thought it maybe had a bit of like locked tomb syndrome, which I haven't read. Um, so maybe this is also an inaccurate description of locked tomb, but like the way people pitch those books is just like, oh yeah, there's just lesbians. And, and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of, I guess that's fine. I I like (laughs) women, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know if this is like, I I don't know. Cause I mean, I think, um. I just, I just feel kind of like, I guess whatever. I don't know. I stories about queerness, I think, have to be thinking through like, um, have to be thinking through like oppression in some way, or and and that doesn't mean that that's um. I'm trying to figure out a phrase. This doesn't mean that you can't just have gay people in your story and everything's fine and normal and you don't have to be thinking about that or that like trauma as such has to be a central element of it. Mm-hmm. Um. But I was just like, oh, I just don't want to play, like, a game that's, like, hashtag lesbians aesthetic and that, like, a bunch of queer people like just because it, like, has lesbians in it as opposed to, like, something. And I think the game is actually, like, interested in, like, embodiment and, like, expression Mm -hmm. and this kind of stuff that is, like, obviously really tied in. Like, it it, it does not – it's not – I don't know. It's not a game that's, like, incidentally, like, oh, and there's gay people here. It's like, no, that's, like, part of what the game is about, like, in a big way. Yeah. Um. So I, I was like, that was a nice surprise, you know. It's kind of the furthest thing away from <laughs> there's lesbians and everything's cool. <laughs> yes, yeah. Kind of... Everything is bad. I, want... I think the sort of... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you, you finish your thought. Well, I was just going to say that I think... Because, like, you know, the game... All of the game's principal characters, basically, except all Alder are women, right? Mm-hmm. Um. 
but there's not sort of i guess there's kind of the impression that there's like all these weird anime soldiers that they mass produce and a lot of those people are women you know but it's not necessarily like thing it's not necessarily like oh this is like a good situation for women to be in you know Mm -hmm. um and especially since like alder is kind of the one who's like sort of in charge right and he has this very like um because he he and then the other model falca um who's like one of the boss who's like the final boss at the end of the game um have kind of like a weird symbiotic relationship that is like enforced but and that's like you know it's easy to be like that's heteronormativity or like whatever right like and it's maybe Mm. it's not that cut and dry but the game is clearly considering questions of like when you are born into a certain role how does that role like shape your psychology and how you Mm -hmm. like you know act and move in the world and so it's i think it's just very like it's just considering questions of gender and and sexuality in in ways Mm -hmm. that are like subtextual and not necessarily like it's not analog heavy but it's like obviously working through some of that stuff yeah and i mean those two are definitely like a mirror to your own situation as well Um, yeah Mm -hmm. do you want to talk about the endings we're here yeah let's talk about the endings so i got the memory ending i did um, too so which is which is the one you get if you play it like a traditional survival horror game like more reserved about combat um basically what happens is you approach the whole the whole game you're searching for arianne and she's on the spaceship that i forget the name of the penrose or something penrose yeah yeah um and you open her little uh, containment thing, and she doesn't recognize you. Um, she forgets about you. She says sorry, and you're like, "That's okay." And then you kind of just like die by her side. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the game. that's kind of the end of the game. It's, it's really, really depressing. I was feeling very like, God, <laughs> I can't, because it's just like it's just a thing where it's like you're just living the same awful day over and over again and then even in this like final moment you're just kind of still trapped in this i mean and there's not a way you know there's not an ending where it's like and you both get out together and everything's cool (laughs) you know so Mm -hmm. but it's just sad yeah yeah um but yeah i yeah it was good (laughs) it was good ending to the game i felt yeah um, the other one, I forgot the name of it. <clears throat> yeah, I just pulled up a little guide. So there's the promise ending. Yes. Um, That's what it's called. Where you, uh, um, where basically she does remember you. It's kind of similar. Um, mm-hmm. Except that it's like not as much time has passed or sort of, I don't know. There's like, the way you do this is basically like trying to kill as many enemies as possible. Um mm-hmm. Which is definitely, like, because the game kind of encourages you not to kill enemies, I think, because of the... It does the same. It does the Resident Evil remake thing, where it's, like, you have to have a particular item in your inventory to destroy corpses, or else they will rise again. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's, like, for I, like, never killed people unless it was, like, okay, I can't actually... I either cannot interface with things in this room, or I have some thermite in my bag, and I can kill this enemy in this key area, and then I won't have to deal with it every time I go through here right um you know so um yeah um i don't know if i have anything more to say about that i'm trying to remember if there's any details i've forgotten um uh yeah basically you play aggressively you go up to arian and you kill her yes that's right she but she wants she asks you to basically yes that's the promise yeah Um, um and then in that you're like i guess breaking some sort of cycle something yeah potentially well because you do find her right and this is also the thing is the ship the game's prologue is on this ship right and that becomes like a recurring image as mm-hmm. you start and like you you know at the at the first because the game rolls credits once and then you play there's sort of like a back half or like a back third that is like yeah. you play through another section of the game and then you get like the ending ending right mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of that, you go down to the ship and can't find her. Although I'm, 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 well, yeah, I want to finish talking about the endings, but I also want to talk about that 
scene because mm-hmm. there's some cool stuff there. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we yeah. can talk about that when we talk about the secret ending as well. Yes. Um, yeah. The other like normal ending is the leave ending where you are like super conservative with ammo and like mm-hmm. heal like immediately after getting hit. Yeah. And, uh, you just don't go into the ship and just kind of you just kind of go into the desert and die. <laughs> yes, you're I mean I think sort of the implication there at least in conjunction with promises that like I couldn't do this thing that you asked me to do, right? I don't yeah. want to. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah. Um and then there's artifact. Yeah. This one's so fucked. <laughs> you have yeah. to in the, so in the beginning of the game, there's a first person segment and you're in a room. And if you look around the room, there's a fucking safe with three locks. <laughs> yes. And you have to use your radio to unlock uh like compartments in a room that like unlock a key and then at the end of the game you have to unlock the safe and then you place mm-hmm. a flower it, it there's a cutscene where you place a flower onto like a monolith or something and you see all these like dead bodies around this like multiple piece like structure yeah and then it cuts to like a black and white scene of you dancing with Arion. And that's the end of the game. Yes. Yeah. It's so fucked up. <laughs> and oh, you also have to like input the um the numbers that are read over the beginning as well in the oh, prologue. Oh yeah. So. Oh god, when that when, oh, when the like cuz there's the Cause there's that sound, the da, 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 yes, and like the reading of the numbers, and yes. then when you get that and you like open the hummingbird cage, like with that sound, I was like getting that was like so unnerving to me. I don't quite know why, but yeah. that was like legitimately like ah, like and again, I guess there's just like recurrence, like the sound that you thought was just like mood setting is like actually this particular thing that like represents something, and mm-hmm. that's like kind of freaky, right? There's something about yep. like, I don't know. It's cool. Yeah, especially when, like, it is also used to, like, for this outcome of, like, staying in this, like, one specific memory. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, let's let's talk about the, uh, the flashback scene. Yeah. Well, so I was thinking specifically about kind of the first ending when you like go through the evangelion desert yeah and you're trying to open the ship and your arm rips off because you can't do it um but i think you am i right in thinking that you make your way back in somehow anyway that's the very beginning of the next segment right um i thought i read it as you died you definitely die <laughs> you but... you die and then and I assumed you play as another Oh uh, yeah. Model. Well but but there's the thing that you 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 come back and your arm is missing and you like take the arm from the other model and like just mm. like take it off and put it on yours. That's true. Right. Yeah. And it's just like that I that's like one of the best images in any game I've played in a long time. <laughs> yeah. like it's just it's just good and freaky you know that interchangeability and also like it's kind of cool that like i mean you know i mean this is a game about a bunch of like thin girls i guess but it's also the body horror in it unlike some stuff in silent hill is not really focused on like oh here's the non-normative body it's like focused on what if you're not who you are right what if you you know what if you could become this thing that you can't understand or what if you know yeah. what if you're just the memory of someone else right stuff like that mm-hmm. um yeah and i think that that you know it, it's a good way of like conjuring all that stuff and not bringing in all this like huge baggage that sometimes body horror can carry with it for right? sure yeah you get a new fit that was cool <laughs> yes yeah yeah um 
Well, I think that's also something that's cool about it is the way there's like a continuance kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a there's like continuity even though it doesn't make sense right that it's like you go yeah and get the armor and that stays with you the whole rest of the game and so it's like oh well that happened right but then you go to the same places and like you yeah. know just it just doesn't make sense right I, I think yeah and way. everything everything is way more fucked up yeah just like everything's like either decomposed or there's like yeah. flesh um yeah. Which makes me which makes me think like an a certain amount of time has passed between like that first section and, and Right, the yes, yeah. But that's the thing is it's like linear time, but also yeah. that doesn't quite work. Like that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why is it like the third time you go back to the ship, that's when the, the you know, that's when Ariana's there and the ending can play? It's yeah. like it's like, you know, that stuff is I think is cool, right? Yeah. Um and it's like a subtle horror thing. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, also, I just wanted to say, I thought it was really cool. Because we were talk. I talked a little bit before about how it's like a map game. Um, yeah. And then in the third segment, when, like, nowhere, when you kind of go into, like, Silent Hill hell and there's rusted stuff and, and yeah. whatnot, you know. Um, and you do the Silent Hill 2 thing of jumping into multiple holes over and over again and things like that. Yeah. Um, that's like there's no map anymore and also like it'll do things like you'll enter a door on one side you know and then exit from a different side yeah in the next room and things like that like the way the game like like the first two bits of the game are like really strict really regimented and sort of distant and then when you move into the third area it like starts messing with all the like expectations that you have based on how the game's worked so far right and like you don't have access to a map and so you have to like remember where things are and like it just is such a cool and iterative thing and it's obviously really thematic too it's really elegant Mm -hmm. cool stuff yeah um yeah uh was there something else that you wanted to i hope i hope i didn't interrupt you there and i'm sorry if i did no Um, um yeah i don't know if i have anything much to say about either Either of those things, um, it's it's called Nowhere, like it is in Silent Hill 1. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I don't know if I have anything to add. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's about, about it for me, too. I guess I kind of, like, I'm... There's some interesting... Um, the way that... So, what is the, like, nation that y'all, that or you're from? Because there's the Empire that's sort of the, like, the Kaiserreich, and that's whatever enemy is being fought that is, like, super invisible and never shown, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, because there's some sort of, like, vaguely, like, lefty things. Like, there's a lot of, you know, the revolution and, like, fighting for the people mm-hmm. and stuff. And then also some of the iconography, like the German flag that shows up, is like pretty similar to the DDR flag. That I mean, the mm-hmm. well, GDR rather in English, uh, German Democratic Republic, which is you know East Germany. Um, and uh, so yeah, I don't know. There's some stuff happening there, but there's almost like that stuff. There is kind of like a, I don't know. Maybe you could read it as communist critique, I guess, but it does feel like there's a way in which like the states and systems that like have all these people are like so distant from like what this reality is. Like that's like something that happened to people like 10 generations or like productions of people ago that are now rippling out in all these ways that are like unanticipated and like sort of unable to be comprehended. Right. Um, so yeah so i would be interested to see if like someone has a more kind of thorough take on that um Mm -hmm. and on the specific deployment of some of the the imagery and like and the language stuff too um but because there's also this kind of like there's you know certain books are banned and there's sort of association with like the old world or like you know the art and the classical music that shows up is kind of you know it's european stuff Mm -hmm. right um you know and a lot of it's like turn of the century kind of things right um but um oh i didn't wow sorry i'm reading on the the isle of the dead which is the painting that shows up a bunch of times in it um mm-hmm. which apparently has 
five versions. So again, <laughs> and then yep. one of them was destroyed in World War Two. Um, Interesting. In Berlin. So yeah, so that like replication thing again. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know if I yeah again I don't have like a take on like what the game's politics are, and I think the game is also kind of intentional intentionally like evasive about yeah. it's not the center of the or like that i mean or at least that literal kind of like is this game communist is not one of the game's prior <laughs> foremost considerations no. right um it's but, not yeah. also not a blooper team game where it's like communism there's a communism bad level you know <laughs> yes yes like yeah, there is in the medium really like yeah well because also so like the things that happen like the sort of the flesh illness that gets all the replicants, the replicas, um, doesn't really seem, there's not really like an, there's not really like a, it minds of Moria thing. Like we dug too greedy and too deep, right? Kind of. No, it it is very presented as like, as like an otherworldly occurrence or something. Yeah. And there's sort of, there's also something about it that's, like, not... I mean, I think it's actually kind of similar to um, this really great itch horror game that I played a little while ago called Flesh, Blood, and Concrete. Oh. Um, where, like, in that, there's sort of, like, flesh creatures and stuff. But there's sort of an implication... Well, I mean, it's outright stated eventually. But there's sort of an implication or, like, an idea that it's like, oh, but they're not bad. They just, like, want to eat you. But, like, in oh. a nice way? <laughs> you know <laughs> and there's there's more it's a little more violent here but there is sort of a similar thing i think where it's like what if we just became one flesh like maybe that would be chill <laughs> you know <laughs> like you're just gonna be like hang out and be one flesh and that might be cool right uh yeah you know so there's sort of a there's sort of a like even though it wrought all this destruction and like stuff it's not really malevol- ma- malevolent in the way that like dead space where like really explicitly is where it's like this is a bad thing this is like a bio weapon, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's like this is just like a natural process that is like occurring, and that's also again the way that it ties into like aging and yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, I riffed hard on you there. If you got any of no, I got there. nothing else. This is one of those games where it's like, yeah, good game. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty classic. <laughs> It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. But yeah, I was I was I was impressed. I'm I'm glad I got around to this. I think this I don't know you know, it's fucking hard with a year that Pentiment came out. Uh huh. That's 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 the goat game for me. <laughs> so Yeah. You know, but uh Signalis would be would definitely break top ten, if not top five games from last year. Uh it's no it's no Norco. You know, Norco's pretty damn good. Norco's pretty fucking good. Actually, this was the thing. is Last year was secretly a pretty cool year. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite whatever else was happening. But, like, Stephanie came. Stephanie, Pentiment, Signalis, Norco. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty classic. Um, all right. Shall we read some emails, then? Let's do some emails. I'll read this one from Taryn. Okay. Uh, been listening to the safe room since the start. Glad to finally have played a game alongside the pod. My question is, what's up with the meat? The game definitely leads into the cosmic horror imagery at first. That something was found beyond the stars or underneath the earth. That was bringing an, apo- an apocalypse via the replicants. However, the game then pulls back later to reveal it's a more personal story between Alistair and Ariane, which I much preferred, but I can't square the meat in my head. Dressed imagery in the game, I can get a good sense of that framing, but the meat feels so firmly rooted in cosmic horror that I'm not sure how to take it. The closest thing I can think of is the cancer Ariane has been living with, but it feels too alive, too much like its own own organism to really fit. What do you all think? Happy Valentine's Day in the cold, dead reaches of space. Um, um the meat just felt like an extension of both the kind of infection that spreads, but also like um a reminder that these personalities came from people 
and yeah. like real like tangible things that are no longer in existence yeah um, i think that's also i mean i i was because we were talking about the political thing but i think one of the things that is happening in the game is like replicas are not considered to be people and they are not used as people mm-hmm. and there's this like there, you find all this file stuff in the game where it's like here's how you can like prevent them from acting up you just have to yeah. like give them some treats you know yeah <laughs> and like this specific kind of treat will assist you know will prevent and like fetish objects is what it's called and that's also yeah. sort of interesting because that's that's a very marxy word right you know and that that has kind of some cachet there um but and there's also the fact that like the ship you know the resources if you don't find a habitable planet you're just supposed to die in space right yeah um you know so this is like the real way that like these people are expendable in like the most literal way possible and the meat (laughs) is sometimes like a literal configuration of that like expendability and like the way that those characters like these you know because the replicas are very explicitly people right like it's not there's not any question about whether like there's questions about what it means to be like a copy of a copy to be someone who is a memory but there's not any question about like but that is still a person though you know there's not like it's not not a person right Um, yeah and so i feel like yeah that stuff kind of plays into that I didn't think about the cancer angle. I think maybe the imagery is playing with that a little, but that is like, um, that would feel too literal. I think for a game that is generally pretty good about not being like super on the nose with its theming. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but you also fell fall down an elevator, and there's a million. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, of you. Yeah. No, there. it's not the most subtle game ever made by any stretch of the imagination, but it's just got it's got some layers, you know. It's got yeah. stuff going on. Um, uh, when you open that uh, that cryo chamber and it's just like fucking blood and flesh. Yeah. Good shit. That's that good shit. <laughs> oh yeah, God. Um. Oh, how much did you die in this game? By the way, separate question. Uh, a couple times. Yeah, I think definitely it, oh, the most during the final boss. Yeah, the final boss is kind of tough. Um, yeah, but I did get it. Did you play on easy or? or I there's did. not really a difficulty setting, but there's like, well, there is actually. Never mind. There's like combat. I, yeah, difficulty. I I turned down the combat difficulty a little bit. Yeah, I just played on normal. Yeah. As I do normally, I'd be curious because I actually felt like it was so well tuned for that. I felt yeah. very like. Like, at the end of the game, I guess I did Horde stuff, but it's also, like, you can't... It's, like, Resident Evil, you... At the end of Resident Evil 1, it's, like, you have enough inventory space, and mm-hmm. I, you can just kind of be, be a, a walking army, and Signalis is so restrained with your inventory yep. that it's, like, even when I have a bunch of shit and, like, a bunch of ammunition, I can only use so much of it, and I'm going to run out, you know, yeah. and that stuff is pretty... Especially when you have to use the flashlight towards the end. Yeah! God, yeah. it's pain, <laughs> but it's great. Like that stuff is really good. You know, the mm. way that the game constantly puts you into situations with your inventory that feel uncomfortable is like really smart. Um, yeah, yeah, very much like the in lore uh, implication that they can only carry six objects. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, yeah. Hope hope that hope that clears or you know. Serves as an interesting thing to think about, Taryn. I'm not acting as the authority of what Signalis is about, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and thank you for the question. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I definitely felt like it was very much of a piece of what the game was getting into towards the end. Yeah. Just in terms of... Well, in terms of... of the, yeah. Well, just the oneness of the flesh, you know, that's all kind of one yeah. big object. And that's also the, like, I mean, kind of the memory ending is sort of that, where it's like you both just yeah. lie together, right? Mm-hmm. And you just become flesh, you know? And maybe that would be chill, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I like that I played this game. <laughs> I like being in the video game. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, we also have a question from Jennifer. It says, hello, Rose and Grace. The developers have expressed their frustration with the way players refer to Signalis' ending as bad, good, true, etc., stating it was their intention to make each ending a meaningful conclusion. During your playtime, see more than one of the endings. We did address that, I think. Um, if so, do you think they could have done something differently so fans wouldn't feel compelled to rank the outcome of each one? 
no gamers just need to learn how to read yeah i think that's i gamer brain is such a powerful fucking thing and i because i even had this with the with the artifact or lily ending i've seen it referred to as either one yeah um and where it's like oh that's the ending that's like requires like this busy work to get yeah and so it's that the is... it's the silent hill 2 resurrection ending yes you know? it's the true ending yeah or whatever you know which i guess you me saying that is gamer brain <laughs> you yes <know>? exactly yeah <laughs> no i think that that's like i just think i think part of it is like both the rhetoric of how we talk about these kinds of things and the language the games use themselves is really powerful and very difficult for any one game to overcome i don't think signalis does anything wrong in this department um no. i just think it is tough to i think gamer brain comes for us all <laughs> it is hard to convince an audience that like having us having an ending that is somber is like intentional yeah when you're doing well, multiples think, like, of it it's actually like interesting like i was <laughs> at one point last year don't worry about it i was watching a bunch of behind the scenes bioshock videos <laughs> and, <laughs> and apparently the like multiple endings in that was like a publisher mandated thing mm. and and that ken levine did not want to do it and i think that does like there that game does have good and bad endings you know right Vaguely. like 100 yeah <laughs> the, well, two I mean, of them you know, are the two of them are the same except yes. one she's a little more, more mad at you <laughs> famously yes. journal updated sad. listen to yes, the journal sad. updated on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah sad rather than mad yeah you know, <laughs> disappointed not upset um uh but yeah it's uh you know and so i think that's also like there are literally games where it is like yeah the you know saving the kids in bioshock is what you are supposed to do tm right um and it gives you the ending that is good, quote unquote. Right. Um, so it just happens. People carry mm -hmm. that forward into other things they play that are where it's not necessarily relevant. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, it's too bad, but you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. What can one man do against such reckless hate? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it for questions. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, that's it um, for questions. All right. Well, thank you for the questions. We love getting questions. Uh, and you can you can send us questions at at questions at spookygame.club. You that's can right. email them to us, uh, and we'll answer them just as we have here. Tell us about the secret fifth good ending to Signalis. Yeah, tell us about it. Um, yeah, there's going to be, like, a whole, like, Aerith thing about this game <laughs> in the future. Oh, God. God, do you think there's going to be... Never mind. I can't. Sorry. I was just about to be... Bring some evil into the world, and I refuse. Uh, yeah? Yeah. Well, you know, people could just be obnoxious about lesbians dying in this game, to which I would say grow up. If there are such people are out there and I'm not just making up a guy, you should grow up. That's my opinion. No, I I have on good authority that those people are out there. Ah, no! <laughs> I hate it when I make up a guy and it's real. It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> oh, uh, um, it's just. This game references tragedies that happen to straight people. And, you know, sometimes it's nice to have a tragedy that's about some girls, okay? Yeah, like, I, I don't, I just, you know, I feel like, uh, I mean, this is getting into, like, broader shit. But I do, I do feel like the, not that, I don't know. I understand that people want to just watch a nice rom-com about gay people. And, like, that's cool. And I don't, like, I'm not mad about that. Yes, but I but do you're... think that it's like, it is a reality that so many queer people literally died. And yeah. that uh, there were a generation of, and continuing, of queer artists who are trying to work through that, like, thing that actually happened. 
right yeah. and so it's like yeah it makes sense that some of these people are kind of preoccupied with death you know <laughs> like maybe grow you know as a person and think about that right i'm, I'm i don't think signalis is about aids that's not what i'm trying to say but i'm just saying that it's like, <laughs> i'm just saying that you know these are things that are part of the landscape of being queer like even now right and no, that should be, no like, that's what the seriously flesh considered. means <laughs> yeah that's what the flesh is <laughs> Uh, um, well, except in yeah. Well, never mind. Anyway, um, also like imagine playing. I'm gonna play indie horror hit Signalis and expect a, a good ending to this love story. Yeah, I that know. doesn't reveal itself until like two thirds in. Yeah, it's you know it's whatever. Yeah, people can be silly. It's fine. Um. Uh oh yeah, let's do plugs and whatnot. Let's do plugs. Um, you can you can find me on Twitter still somehow. Um at BlueistRose four three zero. What about you? Uh you can find me on Twitter at Grace underscore machine. I do not post very much these days. Yeah. Um it was just not much before and it's even less now. So Yeah. We are hosted on the Emerald Mapping Podcast Network. Um find that at admiralmapping.com uh the podcast can be found at at podcast safe room on twitter um and then our website is spookygame.club we have a discord there you can come join us and talk about all the spooky games we get up to playing and and other Mm -hmm. stuff um and then like grace mentioned earlier our email is questions at spookygame.club, email us about the current game club, any previous game clubs, and yeah. uh, we'll answer them. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, horror things generally, or what kind of sandwiches we like, or whatever you want to ask. Yeah. Um, uh, we're playing Dino Crisis 2 next time. I'm so excited and curious. Yeah, apparently <laughs> this is like an action game, straight up. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes yeah we'll see um but i'm excited um and we'll we'll catch you next time in in the safe room that's right there's gonna there's probably gonna be safe room still in that game i'm gonna play theater them now
That's good. That's a good reveal. That's strong. Yeah, that's pretty sweet and pretty weird. That's pretty cool. That's like uh, pretty classic. Pretty cool. It's cool to see. It's cool to see that.